I want you to pray with me this morning. Ask the Lord to bless our time uh, together uh, as we share. Father, we bless you today. Thank you for uh, just giving us the privilege to be in your house. For these next several moments together, we pray that you would speak to us through your word, to our hearts. Let our ears be open to hear and to receive what it is that you have directed for this day. We glorify you. We, we don't consider this just, just to be coincidental gathering or gathering because it's a holiday weekend. We've come together to hear from the Lord. And I pray that you would speak to us. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in Christ's name. Uh, amen. Just continue playing softly, Tony, if you would, for a few moments. Let me <clears throat> just talk to you for a little bit. Last year on July 4th weekend, we spent the morning service on the thought, we stand for our flag. And I just have to tell you, it is tempting to go back and revisit that subject again. When you see the blatant disregard and disrespect for the symbol of our country, how does an American athlete, Gwen Berry, that wants to represent our country in the Olympics, how does she turn her back when the flag is raised and the anthem is played? Or worse, another Olympian named Chelsea Wolfe in the BMX competition in the upcoming Olympics said, and I quote, my goal is to win the Olympics so I can burn the U.S. flag on the podium. You can't make this stuff up. Let's not forget Macy Gray, the one-time Grammy winner from 20 years ago that just decided to come out against the American flag by deriding it as tattered, dated, divisive, and incorrect. I would like for someone to share the following story with Gwen, Chelsea, and Macy. It's the story of Mike Christian. It's Vietnam, 1971. He was a prisoner of war. That was a naval flying officer that was shot down and captured in 1967, four years earlier. As a prisoner of war, the Americans wore basically Vietnamese pajamas. They were blue and were given rubber sandals made out of automobile tires. Mike somehow came across a bamboo needle and collecting some cloth of red and white he sewed an American flag on the inside of his blue pajama shirt. It was the practice of the prisoners every afternoon before getting their ration of soup that they would hang Mike's shirt on the wall and they would recite the Pledge of Allegiance. One day the Vietnamese searched the cell and discovered Mike's shirt with the flag sewn inside. 
removed it and him and for the benefit of the other prisoners beat Mike Christian mercilessly for the next two solid hours. Mike was in very, very bad shape. But on that dingy concrete slab that same night with nothing but a naked light bulb hanging overhead after things had quieted down for the evening and with his eyes just about swollen shut he found him a piece of white cloth he found him a piece of red cloth and with another blue shirt and his bamboo needle he went to work fashioning yet another American flag. Mike Christian was not making that flag because it made him feel better. He was making that flag because he knew how important it was for his fellow prisoners to be able to pledge allegiance to our flag and to our country. So Gwen and Chelsea and Macy, may it be known and heard loud and clear that we still honor our great American flag. For a few moments, I just want to talk to you about true freedom today. In John chapter 8, there are two different statements that come from Jesus that capture our attention. And I would imagine these two statements are being talked about in pulpits all across our country. One statement the Lord makes in verse 32, he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In that same chapter, just a few verses later, he said these words, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I found it interesting that one verse is about the Word, and one verse is about Jesus. And yet they are so connected because the Word is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word. And both and the same bring true freedom. As grateful as I am for the symbols of our freedom in this great country, symbols like the great Lady Liberty who stands tall in the New York Harbor, who is a sight to behold with a message of democracy and freedom for every nationality within the borders of our great country. Thousands of lives have been sacrificed to protect our land and our people so we do not have to live in fear of terrorism or dictators. But folks, Lady Liberty 
will save you from the bondage of sin. I'm grateful for the stars and the stripes and that beautiful flag and how I love to see our colors, the red, white, and blue, a massive display. I guess the closest one that I can think of here that is so large is right off 81 in, in Roanoke. When that flag is furling in the wind, what a, what a majestic sight to behold. But the flag will not set you free from a miserable, sinful life. We're grateful for the authority and the power that is given to us through the United States Constitution, protecting our rights. But the Constitution will not free you from sin and death. It may give you your first and your second amendments that you hold dear, but it will not give you eternal life. Before you understand the nature of true freedom, to do, though, today, you must first comprehend the reality that you're in bondage. You, one must acknowledge, I am in bondage. In the context of the scripture in John chapter 8, these that were standing here with Jesus, they were Jews. And they stated to Jesus, we are of Abraham's seed and we've never been in bondage to any man. Well, that was certainly the furthest thing from the truth. Because if you trace their history, and you go back to the book of Judges alone, the Jews were enslaved by seven different nations in the book of Judges alone. If you read further into the Old Testament, you'll find a time when the northern tribes of the Jewish people would go into Assyrian captivity to become slaves and servants to the Assyrian people. You also read about the southern tribes of the Jewish people who would end up 70 years in Babylonian captivity until they were released at a time in the future to return to rebuild their homeland. Even at the moment of this exchange between Jesus and the Jews, they are under the iron heel of the Roman Empire. They had a problem standing there that day. Jesus knew they had a problem. He, he knew that they needed to admit that they were people that were in bondage. And they were not interested in admitting it. And can I tell you that that's the same old, age-old problem. Before you understand, friend, what truly means to be free, you have to admit that you are in bondage to sin. Jesus said himself, whoever commits or practices sin is a slave or a servant to sin. You have to settle in your heart and in your mind. I am in bondage. I am in captivity. And I need freedom. And I want to tell you on this fourth day of July, your American citizenship, your church membership, your connections and your partnerships will not guarantee your freedom from the prison and the bondage of sin. Come on, somebody help me here. Your forefathers in your particular family will not guarantee liberty from your chains of iniquity. There's no way, no matter how saved your mama and daddy are, it will not guarantee your liberty and your freedom in Jesus Christ.
But there is good news today. There's greater news than our American citizenship. There's greater news than that we live in a free democracy. And the greater news is so simple that a child can grasp it. And that is if you are bound up in sin, look on Jesus Christ high and lifted up on a cross of Calvary. And there and there alone you will find true freedom. Can someone say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. We're free from the accusation of Adam's sin. Why? Because Jesus, the second Adam, bore that accusation away. We're free from the lashes and the cruelty of the broken law because Jesus has paid the gruesome penalty and met its demands. We're free from the remorse because He has forgiven us our sins. He's blotted out our transgressions. He's taken them out of His book. He's cast them behind His back forever. The scripture says in Psalms 103 that He has cast our sins as far as from the east is uh, to the west. We are free from the hopeless endeavor of trying to make for ourselves a robe of righteousness. Why? Because when Jesus died on the cross, He exchanged His robe of righteousness for our filthy rags. Paul put it the best when he said, He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not perfect today, but praise God, I am forgiven. I'm not perfect today, but praise God, I've got the righteousness of Christ wrapped around my shoulders and guarding my heart. Well, praise the Lord. We are free from the bondage of corruption, the chains which have been struck off by His mighty hand. We are free from the love of sin because of the love now for Him that is present in our lives. We are free from the dread of death because He died, but after three days He arose from the tomb. He became the first fruits of them that slept. And He said, because I live, you shall live also. We press on in this life and we live free from the restraints of sin. And I want to just stop and say like apostle, the Apostle Paul, thanks be unto God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Like a verse from an old hymn that I love to sing on occasion. Once like a bird in prison I dwelled. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and He listened to me and glory to God He set me free. Well, praise the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who has been redeemed from the hand of the enemy? I have been free in Jesus' name. And that's what I rejoice rejoice greatly about on this 4th of July. It's my freedom in the work of Christ that was on the cross for my salvation. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Galatians 5.13 Paul wrote and said, you're called unto liberty. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, he said, stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage again 
If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. I guess I was, we were moving to Front Royal several years ago, and there was a common phrase when we pastored up there. You asked someone a question, and they said, yes, indeed. No, indeed. Maybe some of y'all say that. I didn't know that I was from the city. I never. I just heard yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, no. I never. What I tell you, talk to people and you ask them a question. Yes, indeed. No, indeed. Well, I tell you every time, I've never forgotten that because I tell you, it just kind of drives the point home. And that's what that scripture does right there. It drives the point home. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. That means you're free in word. That means you're free in thought. That means you're free in the places you go and the people you hang out with. My Lord, help me here. That means you are free indeed. Your deeds have been set free. Amen. There's an outcome to this freedom. There's an outcome that goes along with this freedom. And that is this truth. You no longer practice sin. We rejoice over the reality that freedom is ours. But I got to be honest with you. It's my responsibility to teach you the truth from the Bible. My calling, according to 2 Timothy 2.26, listen to this, is to assist you in recovering yourself out of the snare of the devil who has taken you captive. My calling is to teach you the truth, the whole truth of the Bible. Amen. Truth sets you free. You know, I was thinking this morning, I was, you know, we operate... We, we, we call ourselves Christians, so we're spirit-led. And we call ourselves Christmas, Christians, so we live by the Bible. And it's astounding to me how many people don't open the Bible to call themselves Christians. But we say we're Christians. Well, let me, let me let you in on something. I call myself spirit-led. And the spirit never makes any mistakes, just like the word doesn't have any untruth. You with me? But I'm in a carnal body. And I have sometimes a very carnal mind. And sometimes I think I'm led of the Spirit when I'm really led of the flesh. Sometimes I'm disobedient to the Spirit because I'd rather walk in the flesh. So what do you do with that? Do you stop listening to the Spirit? No. You don't stop listening to the Spirit. But one thing is for sure, the Spirit has never disagreed with the Word, and the Word has never disagreed with the Spirit. Man, that's good preaching this morning. So let me tell you how to live in this world, in this crazy, corrupt, downtrodden world that seems to be spinning out of control. You need to make sure that on Christ the solid rock I stand. You know what Christ the solid rock is? Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. I never have to go wrong if I follow this. That was free. That wasn't even part of my notes. But listen. In Jesus, you're victorious. Through Jesus, you sit together in heavenly places with Satan beneath your feet. From Jesus, you're equipped with power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all, pan all manner of, of the power of the enemy it is God's will to let the oppressed go free. 
But don't miss this. This is where people have cheapened grace. Because Romans 6.18, listen to what it says. Being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. Well, you say, what is righteousness? Living right. What is righteousness? Talking right. What is righteousness? Thinking right. Don't make it rocket science. Righteousness is walking like Jesus would walk. Talking like Jesus would talk. Acting like Jesus would act. That's righteousness. So when you are delivered from the bondage of sin, you become a servant of righteousness. Verse 22 in that chapter says this. Now that you've made, been made free from sin, you become servants to God. You now have fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Can I just tell you something today? There's a lot of people that profess Christ that are not Christians. Just because you profess it don't mean you possess it. But when, you're, when you've been delivered from sin and you're a servant of righteousness, then you are going to produce fruit unto holiness and the end is going to be eternal life. That's what the Bible says. Once you are liberated, you no longer practice sin. I, I, I'm amazed at those who have sorrow and remorse and even bow before the Lord, cry out for freedom from their sin, but they continue to entangle themselves with the sins of this world. But once you are free, you're truly free. Your love for Christ will motivate you to become His servant, His slave, doing His will because you love Jesus and you want to obey Jesus. give up sinful practices you latch on to Christ and you love him with all of your heart soul mind and strength that's what you do it's amazing how many people want freedom to freedom to live perverted or sinful lives and they perceive that as freedom and when that is actually bondage that's actually slavery there's no freedom in that Let me share this story in closing. I told my wife I wasn't going to preach long today. You can tell her after church that I didn't preach long today. Because every time I say it to her, I'm not going to preach long. She says, I've heard that before. <clears throat> and my mother-in-law, she told my brother-in-laws that I was going to preach short, short. Not one short, but two shorts. Miracles do happen. Amen. But let me share this story in closing. This is powerful to me. Abraham, he went down to the slave block to buy a slave girl. As she looked at the white man that was bidding on her, she figured he was just another white man that was going to buy her and then abuse her. He, in fact, won the bid. 
And as he was walking away with his property, he said to her, young lady, you are free. She said, what does that mean? He said, it means you are free. She said, can I say whatever I want to say? Yes, you can say whatever you want to say. She said, can I be whatever I want to be? He said, yes, you can be whatever, whatever you want to be. Can I go wherever I want to go? Yes, you can go wherever you want to go. And the girl with tears streaming down her face said, then I will go with you. This was Abraham who was passionate about abolishing slavery. This was in fact Abraham Lincoln. Jesus purchased us off the auction block of sin. The only result of that freedom is that without hesitation, without reservation, <laughs> we long to follow Jesus wherever Jesus wants to take us. That's what being a Christian is. That's what freedom is really all about. And can I, can I tell you today that I refuse to lose sight that our nation had Christian beginnings. I refuse to accept anything. I don't care what anyone says. This nation began as a Christian nation. And I cannot lose hope. I know it looks bad. The last few months, I'm telling you, it's up close and personal. I guess for the last several months, for the last year and a half. But I cannot lose hope that our nation will find her way back to her roots. Our freedom, our independence, everything that we celebrate today is not really worth a whole lot unless we are truly dependent upon Jesus Christ. So I want to pledge my allegiance again to old glory, which is a symbol of our national freedom. And I want to stand here square-shouldered and flat-footed and pledge my allegiance yet again on another Sunday to the cross of Calvary, which is a symbol of our eternal freedom. Would you bow your heads with me? <clears throat> You're here today and you say, man, preacher, you have nailed me this morning. The, the Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart. Truth of the matter is I'm in bondage and I know I am. There's no need to dance around it. I'm not free in Jesus name. And I need the grace of God. And I need the presence of the Holy Spirit to touch me. I need Jesus in my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. 
Is there anyone that would say, hey, I'm, I'm away from God today, Pastor. And I need His forgiveness. I need His grace. I need Jesus to come into my heart and give me true freedom. Please, no one looking around. Would you just slip up your hand and say, you're, you're describing me today. God bless that hand. God bless those hands. Others? Others? Thank you. You may lower your hand. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. I've seen five or six hands go up. On this precious day that we celebrate our national freedom. I want you to do this with me right now. I want you to, everybody in the room, for the sake and benefit of those that have raised their hands, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now, thankful for my freedom as an American. But today, Lord, I'm in bondage in my soul. I need your grace. I need your mercy. Please come into my heart and set me free from my sins. What you've done on the cross, it was for me. And I accept that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, could we just rejoice in those that have prayed this sinner's prayer today?